Can we say amen? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And God's provision, of course, include signs and wonders and miracles, which are over and above what we can do or what we can earn or what we can get. That's why with all your getting, get what? Understanding. It's very important. Understanding takes us into the realm of God, into the realm of miracles. We need to understand that nothing is automatic or cheap. Jesus is not cheap. The Bible is not cheap. Signs and wonders and miracles are not cheap. Nothing is cheap. Nothing is automatic. The gifts of the Spirit must be activated. Salvation must be asked. The fruit of the Spirit must be cultivated. The goodness of God in the land of the living must be desired and pursued. We go to heaven because Jesus went to hell for us. We can harvest because Jesus was the seed that had been planted. Rightfully, we are his, purchased by him, by his blood, born again by his life. So nothing is automatic. We need to desire, we need to pursue, we need to go after. Can we say amen? When we look at the ministry of the Lamb of God, let's first look at the characteristics of a lamb. A lamb is a flock animal. Very seldom you find a lamb all by itself. They are kept as a flock. They are not individualistic. They are not individualistic. They flock together. And God is not individualistic. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit work together as one. Amen. The second characteristic about a lamb is that a lamb is a tame animal, not a wild one. A lamb is a tame animal. That means it does not have its self-will. It does not insist on its own way. It's been tamed. It's born tame. Number three, a lamb follows the voice of its own shepherd. A lamb knows the voice of his own shepherd and follows its own shepherd. And Jesus calls himself the Lamb of God. So that means Jesus has all the characteristics. He's not individualistic. He is tame, and he follows the voice of his master, the Father. Can we say amen? So Jesus is the Lamb of God, and I am his sheep. Come on, say it to yourself. Jesus is the Lamb of God. Now put your hand on your heart, and I am his sheep. So you have all the characteristics of a lamb. You are also a flock person. You belong to a home church. You're not individualistic. You follow the structure of the church. You are tame and not wild. You don't insist on your own way. And you follow the voice of the shepherd, Jesus. Can we say amen? Now let's look at the revelation that is in the Lamb of God. Number one, the Lamb of God reveals that God is your Jehovah Jireh, your personal provider. Now we need to be very careful because a lot of times for us leaders and co-workers, we focus so much on what we do for God, then we focus wrong. Because the focus should not be what we do or what we can do for God, what we're doing for God. The focus is always unchanging what God has done for me. And everything that I do, it's out of what he has done for me. He is still doing for us. And if you start 
focusing on yourself, on what you can do for God, what you're doing for God, or what you have not done for Him, then you've got the wrong focus. And you'll go down the wrong path. It's the path of self. Do you get it? God is never into self. No. No, neither should we be. And that's why we must die to self. Only when we have died to self, then can we be resurrected in Christ. And that's why Jesus said, verily, verily, you must be born again. You cannot be born again if you have not died. Say to the person next to you, die to self. Die to self and be resurrected in Christ. The first appearance of the, of the word lamb is in Genesis chapter 22, verse 13 to 14. Genesis chapter 22, 13 to 14. The lamb of God as revealing our God as Jehovah Jireh. Jehovah Jireh, the Lord who provides. And Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked and behold. I want you to hide like three times. It matters how you look. How did Abraham look? How did he look? Look up. How did he look? He looked up. Look up for your redemption draweth near. When you look up, then you're right. Your vision is right. When you look around, your vision can get wrong. When you look inside, your vision gets wrong. Look up. Abraham lifted up his eyes three times and looked and behold. Looked up, looked, behold. Behind him, a ram. A ram is a male lamb. Caught in a thicket by his horns, and Abraham went and took the ram and offered him for a burnt offering. I want you to highlight these words. In the stead of his son. The ram took the position of an offering. Is called substitution. The Lamb of God is our sin substitute. The Lamb of God took our place of judgment, which should have fallen on us because of our sinful nature, which is foreign to God. But the Lamb of God took our place, became our sin substitute. That's why I've said so many times, the cross is the place of exchange. Our God is the God of exchange. He takes your sin and he gives you his blessings. Can we say amen? amen. That's why one generation to the next, we have to sing, look at what the Lord has done. Amen. God provides for your needs. That's Jehovah Jireh. The Lord who provides for your needs, even your dearest and your urgent need. That was Abraham's need at that time. His son who was so dear to him. And it was an urgent moment because he had to put his son on the altar. And then the ram showed up. God's provision is over and above what we can do. God's provision is over and above what we can earn. How did Abraham got into that provision? How did Abraham got into, how did he get into that provision, get into that place where God became his Jehovah Jireh? Would you like to know that? By obedience. 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 Provision is built into obedience. And sometimes you don't understand. Like Abraham, he didn't understand why God would ask for his son Isaac 
to be offered as a burnt offering. You know, the logical mind, the human mind, we want to figure out before we can obey. But there is a test of our hearts. There's a test. Do we hold up God before ourselves? If we obey him over and above what I can think or reason, then he is above me. He's my God whom I obey. Jesus is my Lord whom I obey. I follow his lordship, his lordship, his lordship. Wherever I go, whatever you want me to do. Provision is built into obedience. As he obeyed, provision came. As Peter, remember, Jesus said, come. What did Peter have to do? Step out of the boat, which is not a comfortable place to be. It's never comfortable to step out of your boat. But as soon as he did that, what happened? The water solidified under his feet and he was able to walk on water. Provision is built into obedience. Look at Hebrews chapter 10 verse 5. A lot of people didn't come to Jesus because they couldn't figure out that obedience. They find that obedience is too hard. Obedience is never too hard. Why? Because God's provision is built into the obedience. As soon as you obey, provision comes. As soon as you obey, prosperity comes. As soon as you obey, healing comes. As soon as you obey, health comes. Amen. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 5 to 7. Wherefore, when he comes into the world, referring to Jesus, he saith, sacrifice and offering you would not. That's what we focus on a lot. For workers, leaders, church, sacrifice, offering. Sacrifice and offering you would not, referring to God, but a body have you prepared me. A body. A healthy body as a living sacrifice. Your body is a living sacrifice. And if you read the book of Leviticus, nothing unhealthy can enter into the temple. That's why it's never the will of God for any one of us to be sick. A sick person cannot enter into the temple. Sickness is never in the will of God because your body is a temple of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Get this revelation. It's never the will of God for you to be sick. So you don't have to be afraid that God is not going to heal me. Get rid of that fear. Why would God not heal you? Why would God not heal you? He is your Jehovah Rapha. Your temple, your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. And your body is a living sacrifice. A healthy and a strong body to serve him at all times. Can we say amen? How many of you have got this revelation? Come on. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Once you've got the revelation, no devils from hell can take it from you. Thank you, Jesus. Then said I, this is Jesus, Lo, I come to do your will. Obedience is better than sacrifice. Obedience is better than sacrifice. Who said that? Samuel. When did he say that? When did he say that? When Saul was focusing on sacrifice and he did not obey God. It was not his role to burn the sacrifices. It was the role of the priests to burn sacrifices. We need to know the role that God had put us in. Don't do anything by presumption. Even where you eat, God will tell you where to eat. What you do, God will tell you what to do. Can we say amen? Hallelujah. Amen. 
the second revelation. The Lamb of God reveals to us that God is our protector. The Lamb of God reveals to us that God is our protector. The first Passover is in Exodus chapter 12. That's the second mention of the word lamb. Exodus chapter 12, we can see the first Passover. Can I give you an assignment? Can I give you homework for today? Please read Exodus chapter 12 when you go home. Read the whole chapter, okay? Exodus chapter 12. Now let's look at Exodus chapter 12 verse 13. Exodus chapter 12 verse 13. Now this is referring to the plague, all right? You've all heard of the 10 plagues. This is referring to the last one. What is the last plague? Come on, tell me church. What's the last? Oh, sorry, second last. What's the second last? This is for the second last. The darkness is the second last. Sorry, the last one. What's the last plague? The killing of the firstborn. The killing of the firstborn. Because why? Demons usually attach to the firstborn. And that's why God had to destroy all the devils that inhabited in the firstborn of the Egyptians. Okay? So look at Exodus chapter 12, verse 13. And the blood shall be to you for a token upon the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you, and the plague shall not be upon you to destroy you when I smite the land of Egypt. God was destroying all the gods of Egypt whom they worshipped. And God is saying that the blood would protect you, not only you, but also your entire household. Now, this is the revelation, the revelation that God is our protector. So even when they talk about the end times, they talk about COVID, they talk about the plagues, talk about the inflation, the recession. Guess what? Christians, God is our protection. You must have this revelation in the end times that God is your protection. How many of you know the scripture? When God is for me, who can be against me? God is your protection. So the revelation is that God is your protection and your preservation from the judgment of sin. Of course God judges Every king judges. Every governor judges. And sin has to be judged. But Jesus was judged in your place and in my place. That's why we can be protected. So it's the blood that had been shed that protects us. Can we say amen? If you look at Leviticus chapter 1 verse 4. Look at Leviticus chapter 1 verse 4. Leviticus chapter 1 verse 4, it's about the lamb. He shall put his hand, referring to the person, the Israelites, the Israelite putting his hand upon the head of the lamb. And that's transferring his or her sin to the animal. Putting his or her hand on the head of the lamb which is to be used as a burnt offering, and it shall be accepted for him to make atonement for him. Do you understand that? In the Old Testament, even when they were in the wilderness, they, yes, they sinned, and that's why they had to keep burning the burnt offerings. Why? Because they had to transfer their sin to the Lamb. So that they could go free and not judged. How many of you understand that God is holy? God is holy. And holiness kills everything that is unholy and unclean. All right? So they had to be covered. You and I had to be covered. You and I need Jesus. 
We need Jesus. We need Jesus all the time. And only Jesus is our covering. Jesus is our covering. Jesus is our covering. He is our head. He is our covering. Can we say amen? Glory be to God. Amen. How many of you understand? Understand holiness. Holiness is, is more than we can fathom. Holiness is power. Holiness kills everything that is evil. Holiness kills everything that is unclean. Holiness kills all the germs. Holiness kills all the plagues. Holiness kills where there are devils. Everywhere there is sin. And that's why in the presence of holiness, there is no sickness. In the presence of holiness, there is no sickness. Sickness, Jesus was never sick any day of his life until he took all the sin of human history upon himself. And then all the sickness came to him and his body became so destroyed, his face became so marred that nobody could recognize him. Jesus took your place and my place that we can go free. Go free, not judged. If God is for you, who can be against you? If it's God who justifies, who is he that condemns? So stop condemning yourself. Stop condemning yourself and stop condemning others because as soon as you condemn yourself, you will also condemn others because you will do to others what you've done to yourself. Don't live by a critical spirit. Don't live by a judgmental spirit. Don't live by a fault-finding spirit. Can we say amen? It's God who justifies. I've searched my Bible. You know, God never asked us to earn our holiness. Holiness was given. God never asked us to earn our blessings. We are blessed because God is blessed. We are good because God is good. Just in his presence, goodness comes. Can we say amen? You don't have to earn it. You don't have to gain it. Just in his presence, goodness comes. Blessings comes. Health comes. Love comes. Peace comes. Joy comes. None of us have to earn it. Come on, say to yourself, I don't have to earn it. I can't earn it neither. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. So this is what God had done. And then look at Exodus chapter 8, verse 23. The Lamb of God, the revelation is God's protection and preservation from the judgment of sin. Exodus chapter 8 verse 23, I will put a division between my people and your people, referring to Pharaoh, referring to the devil. Tomorrow shall this sign be. I want you to understand that God looks at you very highly. You are his. You are different from the people of the world. You are different from those that are not saved. You're much higher. You're much greater. Live with this sense of superiority. Live with this sense of superiority. You are superior to the Gentiles to the sinners. Why? Because you are a people of God. You have been promoted to belong to him. Jesus has promoted you to belong to God. Can we say amen? Come on, lift up your hands and praise him. Lift up your hands and praise him. Lift up your hands and praise him. Amen. So don't you live with any sense of inferiority. You are inferior to nobody. You are inferior to no demons. You are somebody and you are superior to both devils and the world. Can we say amen? amen. Lift up your hands and receive. No more depression. No more inferiority. 
Amen. Glory be to God. The second revelation under the Lamb of God revealed as our protector. The revelation is that your entire household is protected. Your entire household is protected. Is a lamb for a house. A lamb for a house. Come on, say with me together. A lamb for my house. One more time. A lamb for my house. Come on, say it with me. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Go with me to Genesis chapter 17, verse 7. Genesis 17, verse 7. It doesn't matter what it looks like now. It doesn't matter. It looks like your children are not following God. It looks like your grandchildren are not following God. But remember, we said just now, we don't look around. We don't look inward. We look up. Look up. That's how you live your high life. Look up. Say to the person next to you, look up. Thank you, Jesus. Genesis 17, verse 7. And I will establish my covenant between me and you. And I want to read this together with me. One, two, three. And your seed after you in their generations for an everlasting covenant to be a God unto you and your seed after you. In their generations. So this is not talking about just Jesus. This is talking about your children and your children and your children's children. Can we say amen? What's the meaning of the word amen? Come and tell me, church. What's the meaning of the word amen? Let it be so. So do you, will you say amen to this scripture? Amen. Amen. The scripture is for me and my house. The scripture is for you and your house. Amen. Isaiah 49 verse 25. Say with me, God is my protector. God is my children's protector. Isaiah 49. The last part of that verse. I'll say, read the whole verse actually, the whole one. But thus saith the Lord, even the captives of the mighty shall be taken away and the prey of the terrible shall be delivered. I will contend with him that contends with you and I will save your children. Hallelujah. Even when it seems it's impossible, even when it seems sickness is all over them, even when it seems the tempter is all over them, the seducer is all over them, even seems that they are suffering from depression, even seems that they are suffering from rebellion. But the word of God says that he will deliver them from the terrible enemies. He said, I will contend with him that contends with you and I will save your children. Amen. Amen. You know, there's a reward for those that will receive God's ministers. The word of God says, go read for yourself. Matthew chapter 10. Read for yourself. Matthew chapter 10. If you receive a prophet." You will get what? The prophet's reward. If you receive the Lord's righteous man, you'll get, you'll get the righteous man's reward. You receive the Lord's disciple, you'll get the disciple's reward. Receive the ministers of God. Receive the ministers of God and get your reward. Can we say amen? I will contend with him that contends with you. Don't contend with the ministers of God. Don't think bad about them. Don't talk bad about them. There are many things we don't understand. Instead, receive them. Provide for them and you will get their rewards. Can we say amen? For I will contend with him that contends with you. You don't worry about Protecting yourself, God is the one that will contend with them. 
Amen. I will contend with them that contend with you, and I will save your children. What's the name of God in the Old Testament? He's the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Three generations. Three is the number of the Trinity. Perfection. God's perfection. He is the generational God. The world comes up with this lie. What's the lie? Generation, generational gap. That's a lie. In God, there is no gap. One generation to the next. One generation to the next. One generation to the next. The God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. God came to Isaac, not for Isaac's own good, but for Abraham. God came to Jacob. I mean, Jacob. He stole from his brother, not for Jacob's own good, but for Abraham and Isaac. Don't look at the person's goodness. Look at the goodness of the Lord. Can we say amen? amen. Say to yourself, I have a generational God. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Revelation number three. This is a C under the same subtopic. The meat of the lamb for our sustenance and also our protection from evil. So the lamb, we're talking about the blood, but we're also talking about the meat. Now go to Exodus chapter 12, verse 8. Exodus chapter 12, verse 8. Exodus chapter 12, verse 8. And they shall eat the flesh in the night, roast with fire. That's what, we, that's what you're doing now. You're eating the meat roasted by the Holy Ghost fire. When we have the word always as a Holy Ghost burning, the fire burning in us. So eat the flesh in that night, rose with fire and unleavened bread. And with bitter herbs, they shall eat it. Bitterness reminds them of the sacrifice of Jesus. Unleavened bread, uncorrupted, undefiled by the world. What did they eat? Of the flesh. The flesh of the Lamb of God. Remember John chapter 6 verse 53 to 56. John chapter 6 verse 53 to 56. Let's read that. Jesus said unto them, Verily I say unto you. What did he say? Except you eat of the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood. You have no life in you. So what was he referring to? He was referring to himself as the Lamb of God. He was referring to himself as the Lamb of God. It's just like the Lamb in Moses' days. Like the Lamb in the Old Testament. You must eat it. Roasted with fire. If you don't eat it, you have no life in you. You'll come under judgment. You'll come under destruction. Except you eat of the flesh of the Son of Man and drink of his blood. You have no life in you. Whoso eats my flesh and drinks my blood have eternal life and I will raise him up at the last day. Amen. So Jesus was referring to the real thing. Not an animal. He was referring to himself. The Lamb of God. Not just a lamb, the lamb of God. Now go with me to Matthew chapter 4 verse 4. Matthew chapter 4 verse 4. He answered and said unto them, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. What was he referring to? The word became flesh and dwelt among us. So when you're eating the word, you're eating the meat of the lamb. There are conditions, there were conditions for eating the Passover meal. There were conditions for eating the Passover meal. Not anybody could eat it. What, are, what were those conditions? Look at Exodus chapter 12, verse 43 to 45. Verse 43 to 45, I'll just highlight. 
strangers could not eat it. Anyone who was just, who was um, hired could not eat it. Strangers that you had just hired, they could not partake of the Passover meal. A foreigner and a hired servant could not eat it. So that means you have to be in the flock. You have to be in the household of God. You have to be in the people of God. A committed people. A called out people. The consecrated ones. The devoted ones. Not just a part time. Not just a casual worker. Not just uncommitted and undevoted. Can we say amen? I fully believe that the house church, the home church, is for us to practice faithfulness, commitment. Your home church, your house church that God had put you in is to groom in you. Remember, gifts are given. Gifts are in the flow, right? But the fruit you must cultivate. You must cultivate faithfulness. You must cultivate faithfulness. Not going from church to church. Going from one workplace to another workplace. Going from one wife or one husband to another wife, another husband. Faithfulness. Come on, say to the person next to you, faithfulness. Faithfulness is one of the fruit of the Spirit, and that's why it must be cultivated. Fruit must be cultivated. God cannot do it for you. You have to do it for yourself. Can we say amen? Hallelujah. Say to the person next to you, stay faithful. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. And then if you noticed, if you go back to Exodus chapter 12, so, so how could anybody join in the Passover? If you look at verse 44, Exodus 12 verse 44. Exodus 12 verse 44. Every man's servant that is bought for money, when you have circumcised it, then it could eat. What's circumcision? Circumcision is a mark for ownership. It's a mark of ownership. So once you've marked that person for ownership, that person belongs to God, then he can partake of the Passover. Amen. So once it's circumcised, the person is circumcised. He's no longer temporary. He's no longer hired. He's no longer uncommitted. And that's why every child of God in the Old Testament must be circumcised. Remember Moses. He was on his way to Egypt. And what happened to him? He forgot to circumcise his son. And God almost killed him. Well, you think... Why would God kill Moses' son? Now, please understand that in the spiritual realm, everything is legal. God cannot break his words. He did not break his word, not even for Jesus. Jesus had to come through the cross. Jesus had to come through the, the crucifixion, the death, and the resurrection. All right? So understand that there definitely is the legality in the spiritual realm. Every child of God must be circumcised. That's in the Old Testament. In the New Testament, every child of God must receive the Holy Spirit. The spirit of circumcision. So you are no longer circumcised in your skin, but circumcised in your heart. The difference is that in the Old Testament, everything can be seen. It's on the outside. You can see it. You can see it. But in the New Testament... Everything is in the heart. The most important part of us. Amen. Let's go to the third one now. The big subtopic number three. The revelation. 
of the Lamb of God. The Lamb of God was wounded for our health and healing. The Lamb of God was wounded. The Lamb of God was not without damage, without injury. The Lamb was slain. Slain. Wounded. Wounded. Why? For our healing. Remember, everything has a price. Jesus went to hell. That's the price for our, for us to go to heaven. Everything has a price. Otherwise, Jesus would not have come. With no need for Jesus to come. No need for Jesus to be crucified. What do you think? If God is able to spare anyone, would he be sparing Jesus? I think too many Christians, you're too casual with your Christianity. You just want candy cane church. Everything. Candy cane, church, just tell me what I like to hear. Make the church a social club. <laughs> Meet all my needs, me and my kids, my four and no more. <laughs> no. No. The church must not be done according to your will. It must be done according to his will. Amen. We must not live according to each other's will. We must live according to his will. Jesus said, I've come to do the will of my father. Amen. And every one of us needs to be trained. If we are so used to doing our own will, driven by our lust to do everything our own way. If I don't have my way, you'd better not tell me. I don't want to do it. You are not a lamb. You are not tamed. You are still wild. Jesus, remember in the, in the book of Psalms, David from whom Jesus came, David said, I am like, my soul is like a wind child. Have you been wind? Are you still very much stuck to your own way? Today is the day to change. Today is the day to change. Not my will, but your will be done. And you have many opportunities to make that decision. Not my will, but your will be done. Amen? And let me ask you a question. Didn't Abraham do that? Was it his will to offer Isaac in the flesh? No. But what did he say? Not my will, but your will be done. And he brought Isaac to the altar. And then he received God as his Jehovah Jireh. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Everything, there is a price. Everything, there is a step of obedience. Peter would never have walked on water had he not obeyed to step out of the boat. Amen. Go with me to Psalm 105, verse 37. This service is a service of impartation. The word gives you the power to obey. Amen. Psalm 105 verse 37. He brought them forth, referring to God, also with silver and gold. How many of you love the silver and gold? Where did that come from? Jehovah Jireh. Jehovah Jireh. In Abraham's obedience. Amen. We are the sons and the daughters of Abraham. He brought them forth also with silver and gold, and there was not one feeble person among their tribes not even one physically weak we're talking about 40 years of wilderness 40 years walking not even driving walking in the wilderness how many of you have ever walked so much that oh, I'm tired my feet are hurting <laughs> there was not even one feeble person among the tribe your health is built in you. 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 You don't need special soup. You don't need special supplements. Your health is already built in you. It's in your eternal life. It's in your eternal life. It's in your God-given body, the temple of the Holy Ghost. That's why David 
could powerfully say, I fear no evil. Because he knew God as his protector. Amen. Hallelujah. Look at Isaiah 53 verse 5. Isaiah 53 verse 5. But he was wounded. There's the price. The price that Jesus paid. So don't disregard health and healing because Jesus paid for it. Jesus paid for it. Jesus paid for it. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. So don't focus on your sin. Don't focus on your sin. Don't focus on your sin. If you're constantly living in guilt, you're disregarding the price that Jesus had paid for your sin. He became sin that you can be set free from sin. He became a curse that you might be a blessing. Amen. Let's look at what the Lord has done. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. No more depression. No more mental sickness. Because he took that for you. He is your peace. He took your harassment. When he was on the cross, he was harassed. So that you could have peace. Amen. The chastisement of our peace was upon him and with his stripes we are healed. Focus on the Lamb. Focus on the Lamb of God and receive, receive what the Lord had done for you. Can we say amen? Thank you, Jesus. Revelation number four. The Lamb of God is our communion, our oneness with God. Our communion and our oneness with God. Don't live by feelings. The feeling ram is the devil's ram. Devils live in the feeling ram. He specializes in using our feelings against us. A lot of sicknesses spring from feelings. I feel the pain. I feel the hurt. I feel, I feel, I feel the shame. I feel the guilt. I feel the guilt. I feel. No, 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 no. I know. I know what he has done. I know that I'm saved. I know that I'm justified. I know that I'm sanctified. I know that I'm healed. I know that I'm a child of God. I know where I'm going. I know, I know my father loves me. I know my father loves me. I know that Jesus is my Lord. Hallelujah. I know that I'm protected. I know that I'm highly cherished. I know that I'm God's favorite. Can we say amen? amen? Hallelujah. Amen. Revelation chapter 19 verse 9. Revelation 19 verse 9. Blessed are they who are called unto the marriage supper of the Lamb. How many of you are called unto the marriage supper of the Lamb? How many of you are getting ready for that wedding banquet? For that wedding banquet, glory be to God. Hallelujah. How many of you know that the bride is very much decorated, adorned? For marriage. And that's what God is doing for you now. God is decorating you with his grace. God is decorating you with all of his grace. You'll be very well dressed. You're well dressed. Beautifully dressed. Because you are his bride. Amen. Glory be to God. Revelation 19 verse 7. Once again. The marriage of the lamb. How many of you know that the word of God says. The husband and the wife they are. One. No longer two, but one. So when God calls you his bride, what is he talking about? That you are one with him. Lift up your hands and say with me, I'm one with him. One more time, I'm one with him. Come on, I want to say it without any shame, without any guilt, and say it with confidence, I'm one with him. Glory be to God. One with the Lamb of God. One with Jesus. The fifth rev revelation, the Lamb of God had birthed for God a people of God. The Lamb of God had birthed a people of God for God. Remember, the Lamb is the sin substitute. The blood of the Lamb washes us, washes away our sin, gives us forgiveness. Forgiveness. 
Why? To form for himself a people of God. God is making for himself a people of God. God says, I want to populate my heaven and I'm making my own people to populate my heaven. Only one amen? Amen. You know how many people want to come to Australia? They pay so much just to come to Australia to be a citizen. And you know, there are many Australians that are here. They've taken it for granted. And can you imagine heaven? You are a heaven citizen. You are already a citizen of heaven. Don't take it for granted. You are already a citizen of heaven. Don't take it for granted. Don't take it lightly. Exercise your citizenship. Exercise your right. Pray your prayers. You've been given the name of Jesus. Use it and pray it. Use it and pray it. Exercise your right. Exercise your authority as a citizen of heaven. Can we say amen? Glory be to God. Say to the person next to you, stop being passive. Hallelujah. If you look at John chapter 1 verse 29 and also John uh, chapter 1 verse 36, behold the Lamb of God, referring to Jesus. This revelation was given to, who wrote the gospel of John? John. So this revelation that Jesus is the Lamb of God was given to John. And who wrote the book of Revelation? John, you know, the Lamb of God had the most scriptures, most mentioned in the book of Revelation. The two books written by John, the Gospel of John and the book of Revelation. Revelation is the book that has the most verses on the Lamb. 27 verses altogether. Referring to the Lamb of God in the book of Revelation. That's very, very powerful. Can I ask you, what age was John when he died? Anybody knows? 94. His body was thrown into a walk of burning oil, but his body would not burn. He had so much revelation. And it's the revelation of the Lamb of God. That kept him from burning. Because as soon as you mention the lamb, you're mentioning healing and health. You're mentioning eternal life. You can never destroy that, right? Amen. Glory be to God. Amen. John lived to 94. If you look at Revelation chapter 1, verse 5 to 6. Revelation chapter 1, verse 5 to 6 is a very powerful revelation. From Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness, the first begotten of the dead, the prince of the kings of the earth. Now, I'm taking my time. Oh, it's already 11.40. Okay. <laughs> the first begotten. What's the difference between the first begotten and the first raised from the dead? Let me ask you, were there people raised from the dead before Jesus? Absolutely. Yes. Remember, Elijah. He had raised a boy from the dead. Elijah had raised a boy from the dead. Jesus, when he was going out, there was a woman with her son in the coffin, and he raised her son from the dead, right? And also Elijah, when he was thrown into his, uh, in his graveyard with a lot of his bones, when a man was thrown into Elijah's graveyard, that man raised from the dead. What's the difference between raised from the dead and begotten? Of the dead. Those that were raised like Lazarus from the dead, they were raised to die again. But Jesus was begotten of the dead to die no more. That's why, I'll finish here, only Jesus can give you eternal life. No one else, because he obtained it himself in the midst of hell. In the midst of hell. He obtained it to give it to us.
Lift up your hands for eternal life. Amen. The Lamb of God, the revelation is that the Lamb of God is our conquering power. Our conquering power over evil. Whoa, I thought the lamb was very tame. No, 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 you got it wrong. Revelation chapter 12, verse 11. They overcame him. Revelation chapter 12, verse 11. They overcame him by what? By the blood of the lamb. They overcame the devil by what? By the blood of the lamb. It's the blood of eternal life. It's the blood of Jesus. How many of you have heard that song? There is power, power, wonder-working power in the blood of the Lamb. There is power, power, wonder-working power in the precious blood of the Lamb. So you need to get the revelation. It's the pure blood. It's the sin-conquering blood. It's the redeeming blood. Amen. The Lamb, how many of you know, read the book of Revelation. The Lamb was the one who opened all the seven seals in the book of Revelation. All the seals had to be opened. Remember, they, John wept because nobody was worthy to open the seals. No one was worthy but the Lamb who had prevailed against all odds, all temptations to open the seal and to loose the judgment. Sin had been judged. Sin had been judged. Remember God said, vengeance is mine, I will repay. And the seven seals had lost the vengeance, loosed, sorry, not lost, loosed the vengeance of God. The sins in your life, my life, had been judged. And all those who advocate sin will be and continue to be judged. We're living in that time, that dispensation. The war, the lamb in the book of Revelation also is revealed as a warrior. The lamb of God warring against the enemy. And uh, I want to show you a very important um, scripture. The Bible talks about the wrath of the lamb in Revelation chapter 6 verse 16. Revelation chapter 6 verse 16. The wrath of the lamb, the anger of the lamb. Well, you think God would never be angry. Yes, God is angry with sin every day. How many of you know that? That's why we had to be covered. Your sin had to be covered. That's why the word of God says that when you sin, you must what? Confess your sin. He's faithful and just to forgive you of your sins and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Amen. How? By the blood of the Lamb. So just now I told you that all the seven seals were opened by the Lamb of God. You can find that in Revelation chapter 6 verse 1. That's the first seal. Uh, Revelation chapter 6 verse 3, the second seal. Uh, chapter 6 verse 5, the third seal. Uh, chapter 6 verse 7, the fourth seal. Uh, chapter 6, verse 9, the fifth seal. Chapter 6, verse 12, the sixth seal. And chapter 8, verse 1, the seventh seal. I study. I didn't, I'm just not telling you, you know, out of presumption. I study them. All the seven seals were loosed by the Lamb of God. Why? Because he paid the price. He paid the price for our salvation and our redemption. He's the one protecting us and he's the one judging our enemies for us. Can we say amen? amen. He's the one judging your enemies for you, so don't you worry. Can we say amen? amen. Rejoice in your salvation. And God's judgment takes two ways. One is salvation and the other one is eternal judgment. Understand that. 
So the lamb is your conquering victory, our conquering victory against the devil. The lamb of God is your conquering victory, your eternal victory against your accuser, your enemy. Give the Lord a big hand of praise. Glory be to God. Amen. Can we start distributing communion, please? Start distributing communion. Jesus said, unless you eat of my 